How does Jesus pray? We see Jesus often in scriptures, uh, spending time alone with God, right? Communing with the Father. What does that look like? And how do, even beyond that, how do Father, Son, and Spirit Mm. commune together before time begins? What is that relationship like? And how does that affect how we pray as children of God? Mm. Well, John 17 gives us an unparalleled snapshot in Scripture of this life of prayer for Jesus. Often it's referred to as the Holy of Holies in the New Testament, this place where we see Jesus for an entire chapter just speaking to his father. Yeah. And it's an amazing thing. And he, what he's praying about, what's on his mind, on his heart, is primarily us, yeah, his people. Sure is. And he has certain specific things that he wants for us. Mm-hmm. So um, set the stage for us, Ben. Okay. What exactly is the context of this prayer and what's, yeah. what's going on in this prayer? Well, uh, this prayer is taking place less than 24 hours before Jesus will go to the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hours before he's arrested. Um, and in this prayer, he's going to pray for himself briefly, um, the disciples, and then, as you said, us, all future followers of Jesus Christ, including us. And it's actually Jesus' longest recorded prayer in the Bible, um, it's lo- but it's still less than a couple of minutes long. Yeah, uh, wow. it's a whole, you know, we, it's a whole chapter, but it's still only like a two-minute prayer if you were to read it through. Wow. Um, and it's not instructional in the way that the Lord's prayer is. Um, we talked about that. It's not a how-to prayer, if you will, like follow this um, as a format or something like that. Um, it's different. You're listening in on Jesus communing with, with his Father. So a lot of repetitive language in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the theme or word giving shows up like 20 times, glory or glorifying seven times, sending seven times, the world 15 times, the word six times, and then knowing and believing 13 times. But... Mm-hmm. One of the things that will catch your attention if you read through this is that there are over 50 references to unity. Um, It's an average of two a verse, if you want to look at it that way. Um, Things like um, being one or us and them or me and you or mine and yours and we and us. And um, so a lot, big, big theme of unity in this prayer as well. Yeah, because I think there's a a big theme when I read it. And and if you haven't read it, go through it slowly, read through this. We can't read the entire thing on this video, but yeah. He, there's a big focus of the protection of his people in yep. the time he's going to be away. That's right. So Jesus understands he's going to die. Mm-hmm. He can't, in, in the, that sense of being physically present with them, he can't guard them. Right. He's asking for God to watch over them. And then he, I guess, prays a lot for that internal threat. Yeah. So there's external threats, but also internal threats, which would be division, yeah. disunity, yep. and a, a lack of being grounded in his truth. Yep. So really interesting prayer. Mm-hmm. Let's t- let's just kind of look at some of the some of the big themes. Okay. Let's let's just dig into a little bit to that theme of unity. Okay. Again, there are there are kind of a dozen or so themes we could identify here. Yeah. But why is this so important, and how do we see this in this prayer? Yeah. So um, again, some of the language that's used is that Jesus is Jesus is praying that. Uh, for for us to be one or be in us or we are one or to be perfected in unity, to experience unity, to be brought to complete unity. The idea with all of that is so that the world may know that God loves them. There's something about um, unity among believers, among Christians, um, that expresses God's love 
to the world. Um, I had a, a quote here that says, the stakes are high. The spiritual unity of Christians is linked to the way the church represents Jesus to the world. Hmm. So it's a, it's a pretty big deal. And I guess Jesus knew um, that it was going to be a big deal <laughs> and yeah. potentially a, a challenge or a problem because he prayed specifically for it quite a bit um, the night before he went to the cross. It's interesting. We, we, I know we in our modern day, it seems like we're constantly focusing on diversity Right, sometimes right. unity, yeah. but typically the main focus is on diversity, right? Most businesses even have a diversity officer yes, at they this do. point, right? Yes, to, to make mm-hmm. sure there's enough diversity. Yeah, There's no doubt the Christian church, especially first century compared to other institutions, mm-hmm. was incredibly diverse. Yep, It was made up of women and slaves and yep. people of all different ethnicities and all of that. Yep. But God, God sa- says to us clearly that our... Um, our mission is going to be fulfilled and our the, his love is going to be manifest when we're unified. Right. So it's not about just having a bunch of people in the same room or right. checking off all these diversity boxes, but right. really h- how can we be one at the deepest level, a spiritual yeah. sense? Yeah. Right. What are we unified around? Yeah. Really? And I think what you're saying is right. It's if you want to try to have unity, the sort of easy way to do it, not that it's maybe the right way would be to gather groups of people together that all think the same way, mm-hmm. that are like-minded and call it unity. And then if there's people that don't think the exact way, then you can kind of subtract them to maintain the unity. Um, Which is some of the backlash we're seeing in our culture against yeah. the diversity is, yes. well, let's just get people that look like us and think like us and run away from everyone else. Yeah. Which I understand, but... Yeah. The, the gospel gives us something so much better than that. Yeah. True unity in diversity. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the Trinity is crucial to our understanding of unity, I think, as yeah, well. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're in a relationship with a unified God. I know this is maybe one of those subjects that, you know, I think we've done a video on this before. Yes. I haven't. Yeah, you have. Quite a few, yeah. Um, yeah. And so understanding that is important. Um but we're yeah, in a relationship three, with a unified God. Yeah, three, yeah. three persons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three persons, but they're perfectly one. Yes. So one God in three persons. And right. so God himself is this relationship of these three. Yeah. But they're so perfectly united that they're referred to as one. Yeah. And they are one. Uh, and it, again, kind of boggles the mind to think about this, but this is what Scripture clearly says. And the Trinity really lays the foundation for how we pray generally. So it's the foundation for unity, right? That God himself is love, that Mm -hmm. God is this unity of these three persons. And so that shows us why we are naturally relational or social beings, that we desire that unity that's found in God himself. And in fact, he prays here that they would be unified just as yeah, Yes, in the same way. So verse 22 writes, the glory that you've given me, I've given to them that they may be one even as we are one. Yeah. So the unity between the Father and the Son, mm-hmm. Christ is now praying that that would be manifest within us, right. in our midst. Yeah. But I think even just if we look at kind of the structure of prayer, so, so how do we pray and how is the Trinity involved in that? Um, often we you know, teach kids to pray to Jesus because yeah. Jesus is sort of the most relatable, yeah. he's the easiest, Right. Holy Spirit, and even Father might be a little bit tougher. Well, you got pictures of Jesus in the like kids' yeah. Bibles, right? It's easy yes. to understand what he looks like, maybe. Yeah, like my, my <laughs> daughter will refer to Jesus as this is like a thing that's sticking point for her. It's like, um, God died for us. Yeah. I'm like, yes, Jesus died for us. Yeah. And she'll say, Well, Jesus is God. 
Yes, <laughs> I agree. But I want to make sure you're really understanding what we're saying here. There is father yeah. and that there is son and they have different roles. Yeah. And when we pray, typically in scripture, almost all the time in scripture, prayers are to the father. Yes. So he is the one who who plans. He's the mm-hmm. one who is the sovereign. Yeah. And then we pray to the, that father in the name of the son. Right. So the way we have access to the father is by the accomplished work of That's Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. So he pays the price for us. And so when we come, we're not simply coming hopeful yeah. or timid. We're saying, I have access yeah. to the father because of what the son's done for me. So that's why we often finish our prayers by saying, yeah. in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and then we pray in the power of the spirit. Yeah. You see this in Romans 8. And other places as well, but that the spirit intercedes for us. Yeah. So we're not simply praying with the access and authority we have because of Jesus, mm-hmm. or not just to the Father, but yeah. the way our prayers are getting there is because we have an intercessor, yeah, right, who's making sure our prayers are there, who pleads on our behalf, who even Romans 8 says, when we don't know what to pray, yeah. he prays with these groanings that are too deep for words. So unity is fundamental to what it means to be God yeah. and what it means to approach God in prayer. Yeah. That all three of those persons are working together in perfect harmony so that every word I speak to God yeah. will be received and yeah. heard and answered by Him. Yeah, God set it up good. We have yeah. a lot going for us in prayer. I know, I know. <laughs> and salvation is the same way. We can yeah. that too, right? But yeah. salvation is the work of the entire Trinity. Yep. So, so this idea of unity, I mean, throughout this passage is is just fantastic, right? Yeah. I mean, let's read some of these verses here, verse 20 yeah. um, and following. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Okay, wait, stop. Let's stop right there. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Why is this so important? Verse 20. Well, because I think we mentioned this at the beginning. Jesus is actually praying for us. Yeah. Yeah, he says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, speaking of his disciples who are there with him, but for those also who believe in me through their word, which is Christians throughout history, including yeah. Yeah, somebody told somebody who believed the gospel and got saved, and then that happened again, and that happened, has happened down through generations since those first disciples that went out with the gospel. And he's praying for us right yeah. there, because he knows, of course, the future and everything that's going to happen. Yeah, and so often we, we will incorrectly insert ourselves into Scripture, Yeah, right? We will... Um, we'll read a psalm and just apply it directly to us instead of understanding the context yeah. <laughs> or whatever it might be. We'll hear an Old Testament story and we'll be like, yeah, I'm yeah. Samson. I'm going to fight <laughs> against my and whatever. Yeah. And we, we don't handle Scripture carefully with that. But here's one place we can say yeah. for certain yep. that you are on the mind of the Savior. Yeah. If you're awesome. a believer in Jesus now, it's because he was praying for you back then. Yeah. So let me go on here, though, verse 21. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Hmm. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Wow. So we see there that at the end there, that missional aspect of unity. Yeah. So the world can see. Yes. And, and I love that because I think so often in our, in our ways of doing church mm-hmm. or speaking of scripture, we think the way that we can appeal to the world 
if you want to use that kind of crass language, yeah. <laughs> is to edit what's here in right, Scripture right. and say, oh, I don't want to bring that up because it'll offend someone. Or to change the way this church works, right? We need yeah. a lot less of an, an, an old guy preaching and we need more of like people <laughs> dancing or doing modern art or whatever weird yeah. stuff we do. Yeah. That's not, God doesn't tell us to mess with that. Nope. But he does say you need to be unified, seek yeah. unity, yeah. right? Do the actions that will lead to yeah. unity. Yeah. And again, this is this is the night before Jesus goes to the cross. I, it stands out to me that this is something he spends a lot of time praying for. I mean, it's mm-hmm. on his heart. He knows how important it's going to be throughout history to come. And uh, it's such a big deal. It's so important to in how we represent Christ to the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about this theme, though, of glory. Okay. Kind of, I guess, the two big themes are unity on one hand and glory on the other. So what, I mean, again, there's (laughs) a lot to say about glory, but where do we see that in this passage, and and why is this so important? Well, it's it's actually the first thing um, that Jesus prays for, is that, you know, that God would be glorified. And the place where we'll see that more than any other place in scripture is ultimately on, on the cross and the death of Jesus Christ. Well, let me read this real quick. So this is how he starts, right? He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Yep, exactly. That's That's great. Yeah. So you said it's going to be manifest on the cross in the the near term. So how how so? Well, because this is where um, Jesus has died for our sins Mm -hmm. on the cross. This is where... God has made a way for us to have a relationship uh, with him. And that's ultimately the main thing. And God is, God's goodness is on display there. His glory, his love, his kindness, his forgiveness, all of it is on display there. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, the first verses of the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. right? So at the, here you're saying that Christ by his humiliating death mm-hmm. is going to be glorified and bring glory to the Father. Mm-hmm. And we see the same thing at the beginning, yeah. that the word becomes flesh yeah. and dwells among us, which is humiliating that Christ right. would enter into our, our reality. Yeah. Um, but so that we can see his glory, right? The glory yeah. as of the only God, we got it from the Father, full of grace and yeah. truth. Yeah. So his humiliation is the way he displays his glory yeah that's that's part of the mystery of who jesus is yeah but we see in his humiliation in his sacrifice his condescension Mm -hmm. that he's paying the price that we can't yeah and so he deserves all the glory and he gives all the glory to the father as well yeah and i think we we in in a small way can bring glory to god certainly by asking god to use our lives to bring him glory but to live a life for Christ, to live a sacrificial life where we serve other people and are willing to give up things um, for other people. Um, it reminds me of when Jesus was washing um, the disciples' feet, kind of the yeah. same night, you know, very, very same night, same same kind of concept. Yeah, I love it. That's great. Yeah, a couple of other things that stand out to me. I, I, I got to point out verse 3, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite verses. He says, and this is eternal life, yeah. that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Yeah. So he's praying that his followers would have eternal life. Eternal life consists of, what a great definition, right? It consists of knowing, knowing God yeah. and knowing Jesus. Yeah. Right? That's Jesus it. is the way to know God. Yeah. I love that. So good. That is eternal life. It kind of ties in with our 
theme from last week of enlightenment and yep. knowledge, right? So yeah. we want to know more of God. We want to know him better yeah. because that is the very essence yep. of life. Yeah. And then, and then I think I can point to the very end here and that theme of unity and glory. I love just I love how the, this prayer ends. He says, I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known hmm. that the love with which you have loved me may be in them yeah. and I in them. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so God, so he's praying that that love would continue to be known in our midst, that we would know it better, yeah. and that he would always remain with us and be with us. Yeah. And so we see kind of the, the missional aspect of this prayer. He wants us to show that love yeah. to the world as well. Awesome.